Free for all. Yeah. Rolling intro. Hi, everybody. This is Serena Catania. I am with OWC Digital in the OWC radio booth here at NAB 2019, where we are introducing the new Creative Club. And I'm really excited to have Andy Cochran here from Springbrook Entertainment. I love the title, Immersive Content Producer. That's great. So tell me a little bit about what, what does Springbrook do and sure. what do you do for Springbrook? So, uh, so Springbok is, it's a content creation company and literally you name the type of content and uh, the folks involved and the company itself has, has been producing it. So um, Springbok is Brandon Zammel, uh, Stephen Charles Jaffe and myself. Um, Stephen is a producer with uh, decades of experience in Hollywood, uh, produced Ghost, Strange Days, uh, Star Trek VI, um, you know, very established uh, sort of traditional producer. Brandon came from uh, uh, most recently Johnny Depp's company, uh, doing a lot of digital and interactive, uh, Disney Interactive, um, things like that. Um, and then I uh, came through VFX um, and for six and a half years was uh, running digital and interactive projects, producing, or sorry, directing commercials um, and, and doing VFX supervision for Guillermo del Toro at his company Murata. Um, and I partnered up with the Springbok guys um, about a year ago and uh, we're, we're developing a slate of traditional stuff, TV, film, um, as well as a ton of different immersive and interactive projects, VR, AR, um, just sort of any, it's, it's, it's telling stories and it's finding the best, it's telling stories and it's finding the best medium to tell them in um, versus trying to just kind of like use VR to advertise film or, you know, do a TV show to get a movie, whatever. It's, so each of our projects is kind of, um, sort of what, what experience do we want the audience to have or what story do we want to tell and how best to do that. And sometimes that's a movie, sometimes that's VR, sometimes that's going to be an app, sometimes that's something totally different. Um, so the main experience that we're just, we're going to premiere in about two weeks now at Tribeca is a VR experience that is, um, it's essentially an immersive experience of the life story of a cancer survivor. Um, her name is Maggie Kudurka, she's a ballerina. And uh, the entire project is a gift to Stand Up to Cancer for them to use as a fundraiser to try and um, stand up. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of sort of cancer-focused charities that do a lot of you know uh, and nonprofits that do a lot of uh, different areas of focus. Um, and Stand Up tries to raise as much money as possible and directly fund. Uh, uh, the research, so they're not just sort of handing the money over and hoping it does good, they're actually putting together the studies. And so this particular experience will be used by them at fundraisers and other events to essentially kind of really drive the message home and, and to try to raise as much as they can. So, and they, they raise a lot of money, so we're, we're really hoping that they can leverage this in a, in a big way. There is a huge story here, so I'm actually going to take you back. Okay. I'm going to take you further back, to uh, because it's always very interesting to me when I'm talking to creative people to find that moment in their life when they first 
figured it all out that this is what they wanted to do. You know? <laughs> I was just talking to someone earlier this morning, and it was we had both, when we were like five, six, and seven, taken apart our family's telephone <laughs> and had TV. it spread out I all over the TV. The, you yep. did the TV. Yep. Okay. So, so how old were you when you first started doing what your mom and dad would say are creative projects? <laughs> I mean, definitely from a very young age. Uh, there's, there's a pretty famous story almost from before I can remember uh, of, I was so addicted to television that they would disassemble the TV. So the, <laughs> the, the TV, it was up on top of a chest of drawers and you know I had to have been like five or four or five or six and I would push a chair over to the chest of drawers and reach behind the TV and plug the coax from the cable from the wall to the cable box to the TV and watch TV while nobody knew I was watching TV and then I would disassemble it <laughs> and put it back the way it was and like I was doing that for like a year before before I could do it and, and I could I could find you know the right port like blindly like reaching behind it standing on this chair oh, and hilarious. I vaguely remember doing it but I was just such a such a fiend for for I mean it was it was always moving screens. images right yeah moving images but then also I think that has over time expanded to sort of any technology like I'm I'm very I'm a very techie person so I really you're left like in it. the right brain kind of person to do what you do yeah yeah, yeah. And, and definitely um, you know I think they're <laughs> I think they're in constant conflict because there's times where the left brain is like, this is so cool. <laughs> and the right brain is like, nobody cares. And then there's times where the right brain is like, oh, it's such a moving story. And the left brain is like, yeah, but it's boring. So <laughs> they're, awesome. Yeah, they're definitely, uh, there's definitely a constant conflict. And I'm, I try to be very cognizant of um, like knowing that people aren't going to necessarily love the thing that I love about something you know that's okay right and and make it that something that they can love you know on top of that or despite that and so i do try and kind of not be like ah you don't understand <laughs> it's, it's the <laughs> and there's i think there's that's been a big uh problem for for all of us in immersive is that it's only very 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 recently and this project that we're about to release i think in my mind is the first one that i've been involved with uh, that you don't have to start anytime you put like you know put somebody in a headset you usually have the same spiel which is like tell them how VR works in general you know you can look all around but then like pre-apologize for what they're about to experience and so you sort of be like just so you know this was very expensive and difficult and we've worked on it for a long time so just know that going in <laughs> and then they put it on and they go like oh that was great but i could see the pixels and you know why was there like a line between it's like again remember really difficult very expensive very hard and that that sucks because that's not that's not a good experience no and that's kind of like telling them that the roast was in the oven for a long, long time. <laughs> yeah, just and, know how much, and it was know a how very hard I worked on this. Roast, and they're thinking, yeah, but it's I wanted really more salty. time or rosemary or whatever, right? <laughs> or worse, it's just like, yeah, but it's burned. Go oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, and 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 I think we're I think we're finally sort of exiting out of the like, I need you to know how this works for you to be able to appreciate it. Right. And entering into here's a story, here's an right. experience. Just yeah. get lost, have fun, you know, enjoy it. So. Why VR? I mean, you must, obviously you've been working for a while. So what did you start out in that led you to that? What, 
so, take me from plugging in the TV when you're five <laughs> to now creating these amazing world-class VR projects. So, so what happened in the middle? <laughs> the 10 sec I'll tell the 10-second version and then the slightly longer version. The 10-second version is basically um, I've always had a bunch of interests, and about four years ago, VR kind of became a thing, and a lot of my disparate, disconnected interests suddenly applied wow and, and and so like so what were those so so the trains the, the um i always you know i was making movies with my home my, my family's video camera from when i was eight like i've always had a love of cinema i always had a dream of being a movie director you know coming to hollywood went to film school um and when i graduated uh i graduated uh, film school in 2002 into an industry that w was changing and has now I think firmly become something that it wasn't it wasn't what I fell in love with it wasn't what I felt what I wanted to do being a movie director is more like uh, being the head of a committee you know there's a lot of there's a lot of um, a lot of baggage. moving parts and yeah. a lot of people that are moving it's a very those small moving club parts and, yeah. and the 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 road to it is not very fun uh, right. you know and so there's a lot of aspects uh, sort of the, the job I fell in love with doesn't exist anymore to a degree. There is a job that is a movie director, but it's not the thing that I wanted to do and be. So that kind of has been uh, like a, a sad thing to me. But and you like, had to come to L.A. in order to find that out, right? No, Where absolutely. were you raised? Were you raised in L.A.? Uh, born in upstate New York, raised okay. in Northern California. Oh, okay. uh, moved to L.A. for school okay. and, and been here since. But So then you realized, mm, maybe it's not directing. And then what happened? And then... I always I had these other I, other threads. Um, always did theater. Uh, I did improv for years. Um, uh, uh, bizarrely, That's cool. I, 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 I've always had that love of, of kind of like improvisational team, collaborative kind of you know uh, uh, work. And um, uh, I also was doing a lot of really high tech stuff with the improv. We were doing shows where we were doing like uh, essentially live broadcast, but in a in a theater so we had green screen we had remote crews running tapes in we had video mixing and uh, CG puppets like it was insane um, and love that but you know like so just nobody saw it you know like th there's no and then from that we were doing videos of our shows and like a hundred people would come to our show and four thousand people would watch the video of the show and we started doing the math and then so then we moved more into doing web video so I was really into that and um, and so just kind of moving through the different these different sort of column hobbies of uh, you know short films and improv and and web video um, and and doing these like really high-tech things and then working in VFX and you know sort of really uh, knowing that and bizarrely, uh, really loving haunted houses. I've always loved making. <laughs> I don't like going to them. I like making them. And, love, and all so you're really popular at Halloween. Oh, yeah. You have I love, kids, right? I, love, I, I do. Do you I have build a haunted houses with your kids? We can't in our new place, but our old place, we had this like amazing. Um, alley between our house and the one next to it that would just be this big tunnel of terror every Halloween. It was amazing. <laughs> and you've stunted your child's oh, growth. I, I, I'll get them into haunted houses. That's great. But, but then all of these, all of these like completely incompatible um, hobbies have either ha I've either made the mature decision to stop doing that and focus on something else. Um, but they all sort of came together. Um, and then when when VR became a thing, it was like. Oh, everything's long take, and I've always like on the filmmaker side, always loved long take. 
I love, you know, like, you know, one of my favorite movies of all time is Boogie Nights, and just like, just the long take is one of my favorite things ever. And there's a few people that are really, really good at it, and I've always loved that. VR is long take. You know, you you can edit, sure, but every edit is teleportation. Yeah, it is. Right, so it's better to just do elaborate staging. I was doing elaborate long take stuff in high school, and like I just I love it. So it's like, oh, okay, all of a sudden that that sort of niche, uh, you know, like you can't make every movie that way. You know, now it's like, oh, n n you need that for VR. Um, when you're making a haunted house, it's experience design, right? You know, like what's it going to look like? What's it going to sound like? Sure. You know, putting p if there's a theme. You know, like haunted houses are not just like a disparate. It's like, oh, the aliens have landed. Oh, there's a killer on the loose. There's a theme. There's a story happening. It's it's more like theme park design than anything else. Well, guess what? That's how you make a VR narrative. You think about things more from an experiential side than from a narrative film side. Um, you know, if you've got a bunch of actors that have to sort of be very natural, uh, you know who's really good at being very natural? Improvisers. Um, because they're used to sort of thinking on their feet, being in the moment, engaging. They're not sort of up here repeating the script. They're or also, worried about. Or worried about this. Yeah, they're yeah. just having fun. Yeah. So guess yeah. what? All my friends are, you know, the, all, oh, my, all my awesome. actor friends are improvisers. So all those pieces kind of came together around VR as like, Oh yeah, I've been planning for this my whole life. Of course, yeah, I wanted oh, to be a VR amazing. director. But no, it wasn't the plan. But it was the the hobbies mm -hmm. suddenly all paid off like in six months and came together and and came back and and it was just like I get to do the things I love that I had to stop because they weren't you know applicable and now they're applicable. So so that's how living we got here. Jo living life joyously. That's yeah. I can't think of anything better than that. Doing what you love. Yeah doing it with joy and doing it really well. So talk to me about Spring Brock and uh, you have four partners, you said? That's myself, Brandon, and Steven. Okay, so, so three, three partners. Who does what and how do you interact in the company? So we, we have described ourselves as a Venn diagram uh, <laughs> in terms of, you know, in the middle is experiences, movies, TV, film, whatever, you know, or, you know, VR, AR, whatever it is. Steven definitely encompasses a incredibly deep knowledge of traditional filmmaking um, not just he's an encyclopedia of nobody has seen more nobody knows more nobody remembers more he just he'll remember a shot from some movie from 1934 and he'll know exactly who edited it and he's incredible um, and his um, his sort of uh, his knowledge and his network is very much feature film you know uh, a traditional uh, side of things Brandon uh, is much more sort of business focused and is also um, uh, a, a good bridge between those worlds. I have definitely lived more in the VFX post side of things as well as these new interactive immersive media. So we overlap, Brandon and I overlap sort of on the business side of digital. Steven and I overlap in that, you know, like I know film, I know how to write, I know how to direct. Uh, Brandon and Steven obviously overlap uh, in the, in their, on their side. And in the middle is just sort of like we, we, we between us have the skills required to come up with a good idea, figure out who's going to be needed to execute it, run that group, you know, and, and just sort of kind of like manage it. And there's a huge amount of kind of three-way sort of like, can you handle that? Can you handle that? I don't know about this. Will you explain this? Um, from all of us to all of us. That's awesome. So do you get along? Do you fight? No, it's, it's, they're great. <laughs> sometimes we fight. <laughs> but it's, it's, you know, when you care about people, sometimes yeah. you fight. No, it's definitely, it's, uh, Brandon and I have actually, we met through VR, uh -huh. um, and we've been friends uh, through VR 
and he's been one of those not just sort of like, oh, we're we're contemporaries. We both are into VR. Um, we've been like actual friends, you know, That's for awesome. years. So, so talk about talk to us about who some of your clients are and what projects you're working on. So the the big project that's uh, about to come out um, is uh, it's sponsored um, it's sponsored by HP Intel and Otherworld. Um, it's produced by Springbok and it, it benefits Stand Up to Cancer. That's we've literally been working on this since June of last year. Um, we did our captures. So it's captures. been almost a year. It's been a long. This has been you know uh, not the sole focus, but it's been you know a, a very 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 heavy focus since. Uh, you know, in July we were doing all of our prep. August we did our captures. It's all it features volumetric video, um, or it's centered around volumetric video. Um, Intel has a stage, um, and Microsoft has a stage in LA as well. Um, Intel's is better for sort of crowds, larger uh, uh, sort of larger objects and people. Um, and Microsoft's is much better. It's an eight foot diameter. Intel's is I think a sixty meter diameter. So it's much, much, much larger. It's much, you know horses and you know crowds wow. and stuff. Um, the the Microsoft stage is much more focused on one person at a time, maybe two um, activities that can be contained to an eight foot circle. Um, so we did all of our captures in um, in August, and we've literally we had to figure out how to edit volumetric video, and then we did it. And then they gave our dailies back to them, basically our selects. They gave us 3D data. Then we had to figure out how to edit in 3D, essentially, and not like stereo, but actual 3D you know, volumes, um, and do things like retime and reposition and scale and um, you know, things that we know how to do in CG and things that have an analog in 2D and video. But now we're in this new place that's sort of like live action CG. So what software are you using to drive the editing of the 3D? So we did um, we did kind of it's one of those things where it's like there's what we did and there's what we would do. Right. So a big part of this project the reason for the time frame is there's no roadmap, there's no sort of like plugins, there's no buttons. Um, and so our edit was done in DaVinci Resolve um, in the in their edit page and um, we gave those dailies back to uh, to MetaStage. Um, that's Microsoft Stage in LA. It's called MetaStage. Um, they gave us back 3D scans, essentially, like moving 3D scans. Um, those had to go through Maya. We took them into Blender, did a bunch of retiming, repositioning. Um, we've been color corrected. We color corrected the textures back in DaVinci. Um, and then at the end of the day, everything ends up in Unity for playback. Mm -hmm. um, there's some real-time lighting happening. There's a ton of reflections. The feature, the the story features a lot of mirrors. Um, the first act, there's like these three mirrors in front of you, um, and in the second act, there's uh, three giant mirrors around you. Is that you. the homage to Hitchcock kind of thing? You know, <laughs> it, it's it's there's a little bit there's a little bit of an homage to a couple different things. That is one of Stephen's favorite uh, favorite scenes. I but, guessed it. <laughs> uh, and we've referenced it on other projects, but okay. um, but not on this one. Th on this one, the mirrors are more. Um, it's uh, we're playing with the limitations of the media. So, the the captures um, you're not limited by time. They can capture something like up to two hours. Camera position so difficult. Well, there's no cameras, okay. right? In terms of like in the playback, you're in a VR headset and you can move wherever you want. And so the way the meta stage works is there's 108 cameras in a cylinder. Um, and you put whatever you want to capture in the middle, wow. um, and there's a little eight-foot dotted circle, essentially. Anything that leaves that circle disappears forever. So if a, so much as a finger exits the volume, 
it's gone. So you have to be really careful to keep all your captures in this eight foot circle. And so we had very strategic, um, and also uh, our key light couldn't be moved. It was a huge uh, sky panel. So we had to rotate the action inside the cylinder in terms of like, I want you to walk from there to here, say this, and then walk to there. And then two minutes later, now walk from there to there to there. And it was all about trying to, uh, we had choreographed everything beforehand and we knew where each performance would fit in an eight foot circle. Maggie was actually in it. We captured Maggie. She represented herself at a younger age as well as today, um, post-treatment. So let me ask you, first of all, what is OWC? You mentioned uh, OWC is one of the sponsors. Yeah. What are they, how, how are they helping you? So OWC provided uh, the servers. So we're running, okay. um, so we've got all this data. We've got uh, tens of terabytes of data. Um, the raw data from Metastage, just our captures, it was two hours of captures, and just the raw unprocessed data is something like 58 terabytes. Um, and then that all needs to get turned down, you know, processed and, and combined down. So um, the project's being done in a, in a small little pop-up studio, um, and it, it's completely portable. The whole thing can, you know, move around. It's set it up in, you know, in a couple of days. It's, it's really phenomenal. Um, and so uh, we have uh, 10 workstations, and um, they're all on a OWC Valkyrie, which is the new SSD uh, server. So there's a Valkyrie that's serving 10 gig fiber to all the stations. They're all render farmed, so that these terabytes and terabytes of data, we're able to kind of move them around machine to machine um, and, and do all the renders we need to do. Um, and then we also have uh, an OWC Jupiter, which is, um, uh, a, a, it, we've got flash storage and, and disk storage, essentially. Um, and they're backing up constantly. So basically, they're, they're a mirrored clone of each other. Um, the Jupiter is slightly larger. It's an 80 terabyte. The Valkyrie is a 50 terabyte. So there's actually, um, we've got a sort of um, extra data on the, on the Jupiter stuff we don't need constant access to. Um, but it's, it's there if we need it, basically. Isn't um, it amazing that data grows like kudzu? It's nuts. It's, I mean, if it's you, unbelievable. Well, if you think about the Metastage side of it alone, yeah. you've got 108 4K cameras running at 30 frames per second. So it's, it's like, I never shot high-speed film, but I've, I've shot high-speed, you know, on, on fan, digital high-speed. And it's like all the stories of, of folks that had to shoot high-speed film, like Photosonics and, you know, these like 2,000, 3,000 frame per second cameras, where it's sort of like, roll camera, cut, oh God. <laughs> so you're, you, you roll yeah. camera, and there's, there's, I think there's a laziness to a lot of modern shoots of like, data's cheap. And no. so you, you'll be on set. My favorite thing is watching a uh, camera assistant when a director is kind of being wishy-washy because uh, they're always like, still rolling, 48 frames per second, still rolling. <laughs> and, and you can see the panic. Like, hello. We have to dump We're this footage. We're still rolling. We have to dump this footage. But on Metastage, there is no doubt. You, yeah. when you, and um, the, they have a 50-node uh, server farm that's on the stage that has these enormous exhaust fans because it, it will cook itself you know, in a matter of minutes. Absolutely. And so you shut those fans off, you roll the cameras, you do your take, you cut, everything turns back on. So it's, it's like shooting high speed where you know how much data 
you know, they'll be like, it's fine. We've got terabytes of storage. It's fine. But you feel it. You, oh, no. You, you it's feel, really scary. You feel that data just Absolutely. You know, crunching. And we, imagine Phantom's new 2,000 frame per second camera. Oh, it's nuts. Can you imagine? Uh, 4K? No. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Before we go, because I could talk to you for hours. We have to do this again because we're really Absolutely. just getting started. Uh, talk to me about the ballerina and where yeah. this is going to premiere. Okay? Absolutely. Yeah. Give us like a visual representation of what, what you've been is. shooting. Yeah. Cause yeah. So um, the best place to see it, uh, there's, um, you know, it's on, uh, it's online. There's, uh, it's the piece is called the hundred percent. And it's just the100percent.com, the 100%.com. Um, we premiere at Tribeca in, uh, at the end of April, so about two and a half weeks out. Yeah, sweat, you're not nervous, sweat, are you? Sweat okay. I, I got a whole team in L.A. right now. You're premiring this, at Tribeca we're in about two weeks end of April. Yeah. And it's called uh, the 100%. It's called the 100%. Okay. And it features, it's, this, it's the life story of Maggie Kadurka. She's uh, she uh, is a cancer survivor. She's still dealing with cancer. And she's a ballerina. Um, she w she was a ballerina. Okay. Uh, when she got diagnosed, she was 23. Um, she's 27 now. She's been living with cancer since she was 23, um, and she uh, she basically she was almost she was solely focused on dance, and then that is the one thing that cancer took away from her. So her story is about how do you. How do you lose everything, and how do you come back from that? Like, wh how do you find a new thing? It, when the sole focus of your life is is she cannot dance. She can dance, but she can't be a professional. So she had to she had to find a new purpose in life. And so her story is told um, as if it was a uh, like a play, like a theater performance with ballerinas and you know and. and beautiful narration and you are standing in the middle of that you're on stage you're not watching this performance you're actually a performer in this piece um and so you you sort of uh from you know four years old all the way up until modern day you sort of see maggie's story um and it's it's about 10 minutes long um she's a ballerina you're sort of a ribbon dancer so you're kind of you're you're interacting Aww. with her story um and it's uh it's it's especially intense, not only because we're working with Maggie, but uh, just literally every single person involved has some cancer story, is either a personal cancer survivor, a current dealing with cancer, um, or has lost somebody to cancer. So it's an insanely personal piece. For You're going to make me cry. I'm going to watch this and I'm going to cry. I no, know it's, that. It's, it's, a, it's a really beautiful piece that we're extraordinarily proud of. It's a te it, it is a technical achievement in that it uses technologies that have never been used before. Um, and it definitely, um, it's kind of the first time that this tech, this immersive tech, volumetric video and VR, it's for me the first time that it's just been a story that you can watch and You could go experience. into somebody else's life and somebody yeah. else's heart It's not a tech demo. This. You know, this is awesome. Oh my gosh, I wish I had <laughs> I wish we had more time. I have so many more questions I want to ask you. This is going to be part 1 of my interview Absolutely. with Andy Cochran Anytime. of Springbok Entertainment, right? Yep. Cuz we're talking about the 100%. Mm -hmm. Tell us again where the website is. It's the100percent.com. So 100the100pct.com. Obviously, we're going to be updating it once everything goes live. Um, right now it's mostly placeholder stuff, but um, And this yeah. is a stand-up to cancer VR project. Yep. And you have it's several sponsors, Intel, HP, and OWC, OWC among yep. others. Yep. It's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you so I'm, much. I'm Thanks so, for having me. It's so nice to see technology, creativity, and doing good in the world merging 
What That's a wonderful what thing. Yeah, you yeah. touched my heart. <laughs> Thank you. Well, this is Serena Catania with OWC Radio here at the Creative Club at NAB 2019 with Andy Cochran of Springbok Entertainment. Thanks for listening and watching, everybody. And remember what I always say, get up off your chair and go do something wonderful today. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you.